there's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC by Pilot House. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday. I'm Eric Dick along with co-host Kyle Guilfoyle uh, with members of the Pilot House team to discuss comment moderation and the incredible impact that it can have on your business uh, going into Black Friday, going into the holidays and year round. Uh, we've brought together our engagement specialist, Maya Sampson, as well as media buyer, uh, Stu Mason, and of course, uh, Pilot House co-founder Kyle Hitchcock to discuss exactly what to do with your comment moderation, how to handle it, and how to get maximum juice from it. Who's got a value rocket off the top for uh, comment moderation and the impact it can have? Uh, I can speak to that. Um, I've been doing customer service in a person-to-person -person kind of ace uh, for a really long time. And just having that immediate engagement with the people that you're trying to reach really, really helps. You know, 34% of people prefer communicating with brands through social media, yet only 9% of brands actually communicate over Facebook and comments. So there's a huge opportunity there and it's great to actually be in there getting dirty in it. Exactly. Now this is, uh, it, it was funny, I was remembering the Just Wears podcast talking about how even in that case, the, the, the founder of Just Wears is still on those comments all the time because he realizes the value that sort of live in there. Stu, you were saying something earlier about what the true value of these comments are. What was that? I think it's killer to do sort of in first steps. If you ever inherit a client or take on a new client, it should be part of your audit process from, from day one because it is your direct source to um, customer sentiment how they feel about the brand, how they relate to the brand. Um, there's there's tons of value there in, in terms of their objections around your product, um, what they love about it, uh, any sort of questions that you can answer. You can relate these all back into the brand and your ads themselves. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, Stu. It's actually, so when I do an audit for new deals, the first thing I go and do is look at the comments. Mm -hmm. I get a feel for the brand. I see if they're engaged. I see if they're on top of their customer service because obviously, the better you are with your customers, the better your, your product's going to sell and so on. And, and uh, yeah, even just all the way down to signifying whether it's a good opportunity for us or not, I think is, is a great tool. And, and it works in a similar vein to looking at sort of Amazon reviews for your own product or for your competitors. It's, it's kind of like, again, they're not censored, right? So they're happy to say whatever they feel. It's a good opportunity for you to um, include some of those uh, opportunities in your ads. So if people are wondering about shipping, or sizes or price, you know, it's, it's obvious where you go from there. And it can reveal things about your customer experience. Like if there, if you see all these questions that you're getting about specific things that can, you, you know, you can use to inform that in your, uh, in the rest of your business. Now I'll go back to something that I learned at, at in a, the very first mastermind dinner I ever hosted in Berlin. And we had a guy named Michael Brenner, uh, who is a, just an absolute, uh, really power, a really strong direct marketer. He's, he's run, you know, tens of millions of dollars in, in different affiliate offers and things like that. He's very, very focused on direct marketing. And he did a presentation for us in this mastermind dinner about how he was driving like incrementally about 20%. He, he figured attributable revenue um, from just being ruthless about his, his comment moderation and making sure that he was selling wherever possible that he was, you know, putting his best foot forward with the brand. And really just from those interactions, he was, he was attributing about 20% to his bottom line. Is that, is that crazy? It's definitely doable. I think, 
I've seen case studies where people have increased their sales by up to like 24, 25% just by engaging in those comments. And then the trick is really just making the process as easy as possible for people who are reading. So they don't have to go looking for any information. Everything that they need is directly there is one link away between the comment and purchasing the product. And, and just to further, well said, Maya, just to further support that, I, I actually tested this also, Eric, and I think I mentioned it months ago on this on the show, but um, uh, over at Helmkin, so the sister company to Pilot House, um, I think I tested over a million bucks and guaranteed at least 15% was attributed to comments. Um, and, and that was across, you know, four verticals and six market or six markets kind of thing. Unreal. And that's not even taking into account the effect that comments and engagement and those kinds of conversations have on how much more effective your actual ads become as well. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 whenever I'm buying something like those, com I look at the ad and I go right to the comments and I, and I, as a consumer, I'm constantly looking to see like, what is the sentiment around this brand? It's another form of influencer marketing in a way, really. Yeah. There's always going to be an intangible benefit too, that you can't exactly measure. Um, but I mean, even Maya and, and her team in our last two clients that I've, I've worked with, um, with Maya, she's, she's paid for her services doing comment moderation, you know, like threefold. So, you know, she uses UTM parameters to make sure that the links that she is sending, um, can be tracked back to an actual bottom line sort of revenue. And it's, it's been great for us. That's awesome. So how, how do you balance Maya? How do you balance, balance sort of selling Because you can't just hammer a link to every single person, or maybe you can, what, you know, what is your strategy about when you actually uh, go from, you know, conversing with people to selling to them? How do you think about that? Uh, you never look at a comment as a sales pitch. You're not trying to get that from them. You are reading their comment, you're reading the subtext from their comment. Uh, if they're engaged in the product, they're commenting saying like, oh, wow, that would look amazing or tagging their friends. Um, then you like engage them in a conversation. You ask as many questions as possible that are open ended. And then you throw in like, you know, like if you are, if you love this one, like here are some other colors, like which one is going to look best in your space. Um, and the thing is to really just make it feel like it's more of a conversation with the brand that you are not the point of sale, but you are more more of a like a bouncing board for them to like bounce their ideas off of or anything like that. Um, it's kind of like when you're serving at a restaurant or something like that. Um, you're not they're already there. They're already kind of like they want the food and everything. But you are the one who's kind of like going like, oh no, like you know what? The linguini is absolutely amazing. It's going to change your life. Like, can you imagine how full and amazing your life is going to be when you've had this and then you're sipping on your coffee after dinner? I love it. That's yeah, a great metaphor. It's a great analogy. Um, I, you know, from my own experience, I've found comment moderation really frustrating and challenging because there are all, you know, all these different platforms. You have, you know, Instagram direct messages, Facebook Messenger. You have the comments on the ads, comments on posts, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm wondering um, how you, how you, and that's just me managing like one or two accounts. So I'd love to hear about uh, how you go about managing several accounts at scale? Um, well, the system that we have in place right now is that, um, well, I've kind of like, like set up our little system. We are currently looking for like softwares for when we really, really scale ourselves. Um, but right now I have uh, three moderators who work around the clock, uh, always in those comment sections, making sure that our response times are as low as physically possible. Um, we have 
depending on the client, we have some like frequently asked questions that we can always go and reference. Of course, we want to stay out of those as much as possible to ensure that when we are speaking with people that they feel like it's more authentic and we're not just a bot responding to things. Um, but really having the education and the resources behind all my comp moderators help us keep those times uh, for responding really low. And then we all have kind of like a time frame in um, how much time we spend on each account, uh, which accounts um, take priority for what kind of comments and stuff like that. And so it's really uh, more of a gut feeling. You know, sometimes um, an account will be having a certain promotion and therefore the traffic will be increased and you have to spend more time taking care of that account. So it really is depending on the day, um, but something I do like to train when I have new people coming on is how to prioritize these kind of things and to really adapt to those influxes and demand and everything. That's really cool, Maya. Um, yeah, before Maya came on, just technically, we were using a platform called Agora, um, and that allowed us to, to oversee a handful of accounts, um, you know, lean, in, a, in a lean way. Uh, however, just technically, there's a gap for because we run a lot of dynamic creative now. And so a lot of these platforms, we've actually had to go directly to Facebook and Instagram uh, to your question, Kyle. And so we're actually in there uh, responding directly because most of the most pretty much all the platforms uh, are unable to do dynamic creative um, comment moderation just because of the way the Facebook API works. And so we're uh, we're looking for another good platform, and and maybe there's some people out there that'll hit us up from this. But uh, I'm sure there's right people working on it. Right now, we're in the tools, yeah. Which which gives you a really good feel, I think, of things going on. I, I you brought up something earlier, Maya, too, about like what you need to arm your team with. You know, you, you want it to be authentic. You want it to be, you know, not falling back on the frequently asked questions. For instance, you want to be able to have those real conversations. But you do need to be able to arm your team with the right kind of information so that they have everything at a, you know everything factual at a, at, a, at a reach. Like, what are you providing your teams with in that case? Well, when we take on a new account, I like to go in and I will just comb through every piece of content I can possibly find that's like that self-written things on the website, their previous ads, you know, Instagram posts, even reviews I find on third-party websites written by their customers. I go through and I can find as much information as possible. And I contrive this document that basically is a cheat sheet for anything you need to know. Uh, on top of that, I will also go to either someone who works at that brand or someone who is a great liaison. And I have this list of questions such as, you know, if your brand was a celebrity, who would they be? Or what's the difference in how you'd respond to a five-star review versus a one-star review? And just giving you a feel for the tone of voice, what kind of language, you know, are they a brand that uses a lot of emojis and a lot of exclamation points, or are they very, very professional? And then once I kind of have an idea on this, um, I like to talk to each of my comment moderators individually and make sure they, they have a good grasp on this and then give them all the links I've ever found, um, all the information I have, and then we'll work through comments together to make sure that there's one uniform voice. And then when they are feeling confident, then I let them go on their own. And then I will be able to look back into their comments like you know, later on that day or the day after and make sure everything's in line. Um, but really, I think that the most important thing is that you are just as knowledgeable about the brand as the CEO is, because essentially that's who your customers basically think you are. The voice of the brand. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. 
Um, so here, so here's something I wanted to get into. We mentioned it a little bit, like, you know, people, Facebook is a two edged sword. You put you, you put your stuff out there. You're going to find a lot of people that love your brand. You're going to find a lot of people that hate your brand. I, I have a not hate, but are willing to say very negative things and engage you negatively. If they feel you're being sold that you're being sold to, for instance, as a story, I, I used to, uh, run, um, user acquisition at a mobile app company. And, and it was a game that was trying to take on Clash of Clans. And the ads that worked best were literally us just saying better than Clash of Clans. And then we just, then we'd reap the whirlwind of the nerds that were saying that this is, there's no way, you, how could you ever say that, blah, 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 blah. But almost, I would say nine times out of 10, once they, it was like a trap, they'd say that. And we'd say, well, we understand that they're this huge game, but, but here's where, where we think we're better. We actually allow you to control your troops. And it just opened up a conversation for like, for the kind of players that we were looking for within that subset of, of Clash of Clans. And, and people really identified. And we formed like a really strong base of users so much from from these ads that that had these these sort of like controversial statements on them. Uh, it's so, funny, uh, yeah, that kind of like I mean, we just went through a, a presidential cycle here, right? But like politicians love negative uh, comments on their ads because like the other side or whatever haters going to hate, but their CPMs are dropping like a rock, so they can spend more, even if they're negative comments. Facebook isn't separating that out, so you want a little co controversy if the brand can handle it. You want a little controversy because you're going to get more comments especially out of the gate, which is going to drop your CPMs, which is going to give you more scale. And Stu's nodding here, so I'm curious what he's thinking. I was going to bring up the exact same point. I mean, Trump, I think, ran his whole campaign based on sort of controversy and fear. Um, I've had clients in the past where, you know, some of our best ads were the controversial ones, where we had to be deep in the comments, sort of watching it, you know, with a hawk's eye, because um, it could take away real quick. But they were our best ads because controversy sells and it engages right so so how do you know maya when to go from like are you almost always trying to turn people like if someone puts something negative are you trying to to engage them or like what's the line for you about when you're going to try to you know bring them into the fold and when you're going to delete it or hide it or something um well i never like to delete account, like comments unless they actually go against like facebook's like community guidelines you know hate speech and anything like that if it's just a negative review, then it can either stay there or it can be hidden, uh, depending on what it is. Um, I want me and all my comment moderators to respond to as many negative comments as possible, um, because you know there's going to be those lost causes that are just people who are there to post negative things for the sake of being spammers or whatever. Sometimes those ones are just ones that you need to rule out and you just hide them. Um, you have to get a good sense for that. But if it's some issue with the company or anything like that, then you always have to respond. And um, your immediate goal is, what does this person need? How would I solve this issue for this person? Is it possible? Is it in my realm? Or do I need to get them in contact with someone else? And if you are unable to do anything, if it's something that's way far in the past or there's just nothing to be done about it, um, the next thing that you can prioritize is, okay, for someone who comes across this comment and someone who's reading it, maybe one of their friends or anyone else who's down in the comment section, how do I prevent them from getting to the same situation? And then you use a more of an educational platform because even though you might be speaking to one person, if you decide to leave that comment out in the open because it could be a good learning opportunity, there's going to be like hundreds of other people who are going past that comment, reading it and deciding. How, like, how do I feel about this company's response to that comment? Like you can either kind of 
give them the middle finger and be like, oh, well, like that's your problem or no matter what their issue is, whether it was a user error or an error with their order, um, you can turn the situation around and at least make it a pleasant, memorable situation and then have other people want to engage because of that. See the same thing. Yeah, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about Liquid Death too. Liquid Death, the water company. We always use them as examples. We're gonna get them on the podcast. If anyone knows them, hook me up. Uh, but I'm, I've seen their Charlie ads. Charlie actually with, does. Who does? Charlie. Oh, sweet. Uh, but their ads where they're literally taking negative Facebook comments and using them in their ads. Like who, you know, this is ridiculous. Who ever paid this much for water or whatever. And they're, and they're so confident in their like contrarian brand that they're using those negative comments as actual ads as well. Yeah. I've actually had someone approach me not too long ago saying that they were planning on doing that for an account and asked me to go through and compile all the negative ads that or comments that might be a little like cheeky or a little humorous. Uh, I had so much fun going back through because now I was kind of looking at it through a different lens, not through the problem solving, but more of a, like, I can't believe someone actually said this kind of lens. Um, and I, the amount of comments I was able to turn up was actually pretty surprising. Um, but they were hilarious. I really can't wait to see which one gets chosen in the end and see it become a live ad. That's very cool. Um, I've, got, I've got a question for yeah. my and Stu. Um, so there's obviously the side like comment mod and, and, and velocity of response times and, and the regular maintenance of that. But Maya, how are you working with the media buyers? One, with those comments, what's that feedback loop? And maybe Stu and you could chat about that. I know you've had some great success. And then secondly, what are, what are you talking to the brands about? What are you, sh what are you sharing with the account managers to, to share with the brands? Uh, well, like, like Sue said earlier, like when we take on a new account, like we're both in the comments, uh, we're getting a good feeling of this general sentiment. Like what are the frequently asked questions that keep arising? Um, so there is that like first level stuff. And then every week I compile all the information I gathered from the previous week. Uh, this includes how many comments came in, how many responded, but I also like to note down anything that are trends that I might find in the comments. And I will kind of separate it into suggestions, feedback and comments for potential copy. And so anything that I notice or anything that um, either I can piece together or directly stated in the comments i'll put there and to, just so it means that Stu is not also in the comments for hours every week just getting that same kind of information that we can provide easily very that's yeah, been super helpful like crazy crazy helpful because it, it really is like talking with the customer like i can go right to maya and go how does this sound to you or or what's the latest you know how is this last batch of ads doing um, and, and yeah, we're able to turn around ads based on those comments super quick. There's a lot of good testimonial gold in there as well that she pulls, um, which is, which any brand should be doing. Um, I've got a question though, to throw it back at you, Kyle, huh. I find that when I'm posting ads, um, the early days matter a lot in terms of social proof, because there's sort of this like snowball effect, right? So if it starts off negative, you're going to get a ton of negative ads following. So is there a way to sort of prime your ad so you make sure it's positive from the start and you see that um, roll down effect stay positive? Could it be as easy as just adding, you know, starting the comments with a question that's related to the ad kind of thing, just sort of like starting the conversation in a spit. What do you guys think of this problem that we solve or something? I yeah. Know. I mean, typically we, we don't start worrying about what a comment thread is going to look like. I think, you know, to be, to be, to be frank, sometimes it's like, 
like do one of your ads Maya or Sierra shared with me and I was it was like the video that that was that was pr provided like the, the woman had trouble plugging the plug in or something like that and <laughs> there was a bunch of negative feedback and I was like well just send it to Stu he'll do what he needs to do but in my mind I was like sweet lots of comments I was like <laughs> I didn't care I was like more of that like let's 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 double down and rack it up so I think I'm a little bit twisted that way but if you're a brand and maybe you're not kind of in tune with like the mechanics of Facebook and how that's actually beneficial. I think it's probably a, a more of a consideration and that's, you know, why Maya is on top of that. But I love the idea of engaging. Like we work with this cocktail company, a uh, really fun brand and, you know, asking the question, what's your favorite cocktail? You can't say comment. You can't say like, yo, comment to whatever that's against Facebook terms now. They don't flag it. They just jack your CPMs now. They used to flag it and whack the ad. But, um, you know, what's your favorite cocktail? And then it's like, oh, by the way, here's here's our list. Like, by the way, you can get it like today in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that. conversational comment. All, yep. Conversational commerce, right? Yep. Um, but, the, 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 other, the last thing I'll mention, I, I'll do, give a shout out to a friend of mine, Andrea, who, who runs a company called Vox Verba. And, and I remember her suggestion to me with my reviews, with my comments, with, with the previous business that I was running was really, yeah, continue dumping them into, you know, into docs and, you know, getting all this content in one place. And then there's apparently, you know, there's different sort of uh, programs that you can actually run like sentiment analysis on these things. And you can like do word clouds. And there's so much analysis that you can do from these comments that can unearth, you know, we talked about this right off the top, but, but really, you know, there, there's so much data there that you can unearth for your ads, all sorts of different ways to, to sort of fuel improvements of your customer experience from doing that. I think gorgeous is a good platform that does that. Am I right? Yeah. I'm not sure if they have sentiment if they if they if they I do think that. They on. do. Well, but special shout out to gorgeous. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. They're great guys. Um, and they're actually, I'll just give a free shout out. But they're they're actually a really cool platform. They do everything we need except for the dynamic creatives. Otherwise, we'd be working with them. Um, but yeah, you can actually take in all of your socials, all of your customer service, and all of your email into one platform for your team to to manage your brand better. Nice. Well, if we're doing a shout out for Gorgeous, then we better do a shout out for D2Cplus.co. If you want to be involved in these conversations, not just listening to them a couple weeks later, if you want to be involved in these conversations, you know, asking us questions as we record this content, you can join D2Cplus.co and you will have pretty much an all access pass to not only all of our podcasts, but all of our monthly challenges, as well as all the content we've ever produced in a living brain of D2C knowledge, all available at D2Cplus.co. We are still offering a 50% discount for our first 100 members. Uh, and if you email us, we'll give that promo code to you. Uh, so eric at directtoconsumer.co or kyle at directtoconsumer.co. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the All Killer No Filler podcast today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Maya. Good debut. Thank you. Well done, Maya. Thanks, we'll Stu. Again soon. Okay, peace. Yeah, Stu's a, regular, Stu's a old card at this point. <laughs>